Charon walked across the blood-hued grass as the last sliver of the sun began to sink below the horizon. Although he was light of frame and stood on the shorter end of average, his tightly packed muscles gave him weight. His short-cropped black hair and beard framed a face taut with tension and a pair of blue eyes as cold and dead as a hanging convict. His skin, the color of oiled walnut, blended with the well-washed gray of his simple canvas outfit. Although he walked with a cat's gentle step, in this area he felt as stealthy as a drunken orc. The grass creaked beneath his bare feet. It was not the brittle crunch of dead vegetation, but still a far cry from the whispery rustle of healthy growth. Too much had happened here for the ground to ever be whole again. The rolling grassy plains held little resemblance to the rest of Ondare. Even those Ondarian towns that had been utterly razed by the Thrain army were fairer in comparison. The grass of the crying fields bore an unhealthy red hue. Under the light of the setting sun, it seemed the color of fresh blood. The tone stood as a reminder of the cost of the last war, of the countless dead in the dozens of battles that had been fought here for the control of the southern portion of the kingdom. As Teron walked the ruined meadows, he paced a familiar cerebral landscape, a drear and brooding path of mental flagellation. He hearkened back to the last war, and the guilt and pain and shame whipped his soul serving to purge and purify his mind. So much bloodshed, he thought, with every nation locked in a brutal struggle for dominance. So much carnage spread over so many decades. Yet for all the brutalities, only the crying fields bear this terrible scar, a cold reminder of how far we have fallen from grace. The sovereign host has cursed us for what we are, for what we have done. They have cursed this place above all the lands. Rather, he reminded himself, taking a rare side excursion in his dark thoughts, this place was cursed above all lands save Sire. Then again, Sire has the advantage of being truly and completely dead. Ah to be dead instead of merely scarred, twisted into a dark revenant of the last war, ruined by one's choices, ruined like the monastery, and forever doomed to lurk in this blighted land, fighting the old battles again and again. Mists twined around his ankles as he walked. At first, the mists merely swirled in the wake of his stride. But as the night deepened, they began to writhe of their own accord, manifesting from nothing and rising like sinister serpents to tarnish the darkness. Somewhere, an indeterminate distance away, Teron heard a wail. He couldn't tell if it was several voices crying out in unison, or one voice shredded into strips. After a few steps, the sound was followed by a faint howl of triumph. Teron glanced up at the moons. Several were below the horizon. The rest spread across the luminous ring of Sibiris, like tokens on a shaman's necklace. Sedate Olarun lingered on the horizon, waxed full, pregnant with power.
Her pale orange color seemed to mock the sun. Slow-moving vault hung almost directly overhead, while splinters of Sifiros and Baracus lurked in the moody hues of the sunset. He pressed on, moving quickly across the rolling hills. The noises around him grew in strength and clarity. Groans, shrieks, shouts. The darkness was almost complete, the colors draining from the sky. And the tiny secluded veil that Teron sought was just ahead. As he crested the last hill, he paused to look back toward the remnants of the ruined monastery. It stood on the hilltop, its jagged lines looking like a shivered fang. Faint glimmers of light shone from a few windows, twinkling like stars brought from the sky to live in on there.